Thank you for joining us today, Family Sunday. This isn't every week, but uh, every so often, the, the fifth Sunday of the month when those happen, this is something new we wanted to start trying, uh, bringing in all of our kids together. Uh, we'll still have, you know, we've we got great kids ministry. Uh, we'll still have that those other Sundays, but every so often we think it's really fun and special uh, I think one of the most powerful things for a kid, for a family, is when your kids get to see you worship. Now, and actually I was thinking that, but today it was more, you know, I don't think our kids were even looking at us. They were just looking at the streamers. Uh, but I think that was good for us. I think that's good for us to see. Sometimes we think, oh, kids can learn from us. It's like, no, 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 we got a lot we can learn from kids. Uh, there's no fear. There's just fun in worship for them. Uh, it's joy. And that's what we want in the house of the Lord. We think that there should be joy, uh, like David dancing before the Ark of the Covenant with joy and no abandon, just completely uh, in God's presence. And, man, these kids, I, I believe that's what they give us a glimpse of when we have these times together in worship. Boy, it is hard, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great breakdancing out there. I'm really impressed by some of you guys. Uh, no injuries with the streamers. Also, I didn't see anybody get hit in the eye. I thought somebody was going to get hit in the eye. That's amazing. So God had his hand all over that. He was protecting you guys. All right, so we are closing out a series, and we're beginning a new series. Uh, we're closing outdoors. Uh, today is the end. We're going to close the door. And so if you guys would, just jump right in with me. Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel 43 today is where we're at. Verse 1. And from the very beginning, I, actually, let me, just, let me just set this up, just as a reminder for us. I'll, I'll jump ahead, and we got this verse up here, but 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this, don't you realize that your body, each and every one of us, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. As believers, our mindset is completely different than the world. The world says, it's my body, I can do what I want. His word says, no, 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 no. He paid for that body with a price. The price was his son. The price we just remembered in this moment of communion was his son on the cross. His body and blood poured out for us. We are not our own. And so now in Christ, we are temples of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. So now, when we go back and we look at Ezekiel, what Ezekiel's given us here is a picture, an image of the temple. And so now with that in our minds, you can start to understand and look at this and realize, oh yeah, when, when in the Old Testament, we see all these laws and words and chapters devoted to the temple, and we think, oh, that doesn't matter, that doesn't apply to me. No, 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 you are the temple. God is very specific and cares very much about his dwelling place. And now you are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So when we go back and look at the Old Testament and what it says in Scripture about the dwelling place, we should realize now as living temples, this matters. We are holy places walking with His presence within us. And that should change everything about how we live and walk and move through this world. Everything we consume, everything we take in, everything we participate in, you are a temple 
of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. It's holy ground. So now go to Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel 43, verse 1. After this, the man brought me back around to the east gateway. Suddenly, the glory of God of Israel appeared from the east. Now, I just thought this would be fun, just so you could kind of see. Ezekiel's got this whole description in here. And so after I get through this scripture, I found a picture. Uh, somebody broke down this description, and they put a little image. So we'll, we'll jump to that after we uh, go through this in chapter 43. But I just want you to see this. Uh, just get a visual in your head. Coming was like the roar of rushing waters, and the whole landscape shone with his glory. This is God's presence. This vision was just like the others I had seen, first by the Kabar River, and then when he came in to destroy East Jerusalem, I fell down on the ground, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the East Gateway. The glory of the Lord comes into the temple. When we give our lives to Jesus, the glory of the Lord enters into the temple. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, then the Spirit took me and brought me into the inner courtyard, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple. While the man who had been measuring stood beside me, the Lord said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place where I will rest my feet. I will live here forever among the people of Israel." They and their kings will not defile my holy name any longer by their adulterous worship of other gods or by honoring the relics of their kings who have died. They put their idol altars right next to mine with only a wall between them and me. This is what they did within the temple. There was a place, the Holy of Holies, where God's presence resided. And then they put up a little wall and said on the other side of the wall, we got God over here. On the other side of the wall, we got the idols of the world. Within us, that's important to remember, how many times do we put up a little wall and we separate God and we say, you know what, when I'm with God's people on Sunday, that's the Holy of Holies. You know what, I'm going to worship him. He is king. He is Lord. I believe in him. But Monday through Saturday, I'm going to go to the other side of the wall within me and I'm going to live over there. I'm going to worship the idols of this world. I'm going to walk in the world. I'm going to blend in with the world. I'm going to look like the world. I'm going to do what the world says. I'm going to watch what the world watches. I'm going to listen to what the world listens to. I'm going to read what the world reads. And we put up this wall within us, and we separate God from the idols in our hearts, the things that we worship, the things where we spend our time, where we spend our money, where we spend our talent, time, talent, treasure, Follow time, talent, and treasure in your life, and you'll know what you worship. You'll know who you worship. Is all of your time, all of your talent, is all of your treasure, is it going to the things of this world, or is it going to the king of kings? You'll figure out really quick if you have a wall up within you, and if you've separated out who you worship and when you worship. Now let them stop worshiping, verse 9, other gods and honoring the relics of their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you so that they will be ashamed of all their sins. Describe the temple so that they will be ashamed of their sins. Let them study its plan 
and they will be ashamed. He's telling Ezekiel to tell the people, study the temple, study the plans. That's what we're doing today. Some people are looking at this and they're like, why are we talking about a temple, a building? Let me tell you, we're the temple. That's it right there. Study it, learn it. We're just trying to do what God's word says. Study its plan and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits, doors. That's what this whole series has been about. If you've been gone, if you haven't been here for a while or maybe this is your first time, go back through this series. You can find it on podcasts, wherever you get podcasts from, YouTube. But there's been revelation from God. Like I, None of this has been because I'm really smart. I'm not, all right? I'm not. God has just shown me things in his word and revealed things to me about the temple and the doors, the entrances, where we let either the enemy in or we let God's presence in. And we are, we've moved away from this idea of we are holy temples, that we're a place where he dwells. And we think that we can just separate him out with these walls. We can't. So go back through and start to look, start to study the entrances and the exits and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple. Here it is. Absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the basic law of the temple. Absolute holiness. Absolute holiness. To be holy means to be set apart. To be holy means to be set apart, distinct from the world, from the world's idols, from what the world worships, from what the world lives for. No, no, no. We live for the living God. Absolute holiness. Let me just go ahead. Let's, you got that picture of the temple, Jake? Let's see. Here we go. Here, here's just a nice little picture here if you want to see. So God's presence enters in through the east gateway. This is what's described here in Ezekiel. And all the way there in the temple, in the holy of holies, that's where they believed God's presence was. That's where his word says he dwelled, but they made a wall in between in that holy of holies. A couple things stand out to me. Verse six. As we read through this passage, here's what stands out about verse six. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple. His Holy Spirit still speaks within the temple. You're the temple. We are the temple. His Holy Spirit will speak to you, but you have to learn to listen. You have to tear down the walls and begin to quiet the noise of this world so you can separate yourself from the world, from the noise around us, and you can sit in his presence. You'll begin to notice you hear his spirit dwelling up, bubbling up from within you. He still speaks today. Verse 8, only a wall in between the Holy of Holies and idol worship. We're always one wall away from idol worship. That's it. 
start looking for those areas in your life where you are building these walls, where you are separating something that you desire, something that you crave, something that you want. You're separating those things from what God wants for you. And that's where you'll begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit within you because you'll know these things. If you ask him, you can just ask him. Really, when you're by yourself, when you're in the car, when you're with your friends, whoever, if you're asking for prayer with a group of people, ask them, just, I'm looking for direction from the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for a word from him. He will speak to you. A lot of times when it has to do with our idols, the things that we've built up in our hearts and minds that we seek and we crave for, a lot of those things, what we're gonna hear from within is something that we don't wanna hear. That's how you'll know that's the, verse, the voice of the Holy Spirit. When he starts to tell you to give that up, when he starts to tell you to walk away from that, when he starts to say you don't need that anymore, it's going to be something that you thought you needed, that you craved, that you desired, that you wanted because the world told you you needed it to be able to cope, to be able to deal, to be able to survive, to be able to be successful. And those things, he'll begin to tell you, no, 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 walk away from that. Give that up for me. And you're not going to really want to. When you're first beginning to learn to listen to the spirit within the temple, within the temple, there's going to be a lot of things that you'll be able to discern as his voice because there are going to be things that are saying, no, I, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound great. My friends are going to think I'm weird. You'll know that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. You are hearing his voice. Line it up, match it up with the word of God. Begin to discern his voice with the word of God. And you'll know whether it's from him or not. And then verse 10, once again, describe the temple. Understand the entrances, the exits, doors matter. Write down all these specifications and decrees, it says. Write down scripture. Begin to declare it and decree it over your life. When there's something that pops out to you, when the Holy Spirit shows you something when you're reading and he highlights something to you, and you're like, man, that's exactly what I need to hear. That is exactly what I'm struggling with right here, right now. Write it down. Because he's given you a specific word, and the more you write it down over and over, and the more you begin to speak it out over your life verbally, the more you begin to live those things out. There is power in the word. His word brings life. Declare it over your life, over your family's life, over your friends' lives, over your kids' lives. Declare his word over him. 1 Peter 1, 16 says this, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. You're a temple of his Holy Spirit. He dwells within you. Be holy for I am holy. Now jump on here, Ezekiel 44. Here's where, we, here's where we're going to close out this series. Ezekiel 44, verse 1. Then the man brought me back to the east gateway in the outer wall of the temple area, but it was closed. And the Lord said to me, this gate must remain closed. It will never again be open. No one will ever open it and pass through, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered here. Therefore, it must always remain shut. He's telling them today, shut the door. Close the door. The Holy Spirit dwells here. He's all you need. 
Today is the day you close the door and don't let anyone else in. The enemy is going to stand at your gate and he's going to look for an opportunity because that's what he does. He is looking for a door. He's looking for an entrance. He's looking for a way into your life. And he's saying right here, he's commanding us. This is a command. Close the door. It must always remain shut. Only the prince himself may sit inside the gateway to feast in the Lord's presence. But he may come and go only through the entry room of the gateway. Then the man brought me through the north gateway to the front of the temple. I looked and saw that the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord, and I fell face down on the ground. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, take careful notice. Use your eyes, ears, and listen to everything I tell you about the regulations concerning the Lord's temple. Take careful note of the procedures for using the temple's entrances and exits. Doors matter. And give these rebels, the people of Israel, this message from the sovereign Lord. O people of Israel, enough of your detestable sins. You have brought uncircumcised foreigners into my sanctuary. People who have no heart for God. In this way, you defiled my temple, even as you offered me my food, the fat and blood of sacrifices, in addition to all your other detestable sins, you have broken my covenant. Instead of safeguarding my sacred rituals, you have hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary. The church today, we've hired foreigners to take, car, to, to take guard of the sanctuary, to take charge of our temples. This is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But what have we done? We've kind of looked around at what the world says and what the world's doing, and we've said, no, 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 they know more than him. No, 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 I, I don't trust the word of God, but I trust this person over here. This person's really smart. They got a bunch of letters behind their name, PhD, MD, whatever. I don't know. And I'm going to trust them with my life. Or this person over here, they got a great YouTube channel and they're posting some really strong content. I think they know a lot more than, you know, anybody. I, they have a lot more to say to my life than my Bible, than my God. We've given charge of the temple to the voices of this world. We've given charge of the temple to newscasters, to doctors, to nurses. We've trusted teachers. We've trusted professors. We've trusted all these different voices He's saying, no, 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 don't even let them in. Don't even let them have a foothold. Don't even let them sit at your gate. Close the door and shut it. This is why we need the church. Because when the church gathers, this is where we come, and we are built up by the edifying of his word because it speaks truth to us in a way that the world can't offer. Because everything the world is offering, it's not satisfying. It's only leaving people more confused, more hurt, more broken, and further from healing. This is where healing happens. When we begin to align ourselves with God's word, when we begin to submit our wills to his will, and we begin to die to ourselves, that's where healing and transformation takes place that the world can't offer. 
The world keeps offering up all these different options, saying, well, if you don't like this, change it. If you don't like this about yourself, get surgery. If you don't like this, find this, do this, eat this, be this. And we keep thinking we can live out our dreams. We can find what we want through the world. And the world is a well of water that never satisfies. And we keep digging down deeper and deeper into the pit. But there's nothing there that will quench the thirst that only the living water can. This is it right here. Don't give the enemy a foothold in the sanctuary anymore. Don't give the enemy a seat at the table to have a voice in your life. Take everything this world says and bring it back to the word and say, no, 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 no. This is what God's word says. When the world says do this, when the experts say do this, no, no, no. We go to the word and we declare that truth over our lives. Because what the world has to offer, it's not satisfying. Once the Lord enters, stop letting the gods and idols of this world enter in and out through your gates. Through the eyes and the ears, those are the entrances. We've made the gates of God's temple a revolving door where anyone and everyone can enter and have a place, a foothold, and a stronghold within us. Where there's only a wall separating God's presence from the idols of the world within us. Close the door today. Don't let the enemy have a place at your gate. And don't let the enemy have a place at your child's gate. If, you are, if you're a mom or a dad in here today and you have kids within your home, let me tell you something. You're in charge of their gates. You're the keeper of their gates. You get to decide what goes in and out. You get to decide what they watch or what they don't watch, what they consume or what they don't consume from this world. You have been put in charge, and it is a holy and sacred position. And what the world says is, parenting's tough. Just hand your kid an iPad, turn on YouTube, and let them go. Let me tell you something. That's giving the enemy a wide open foothold, and he will build a stronghold. You need to watch carefully your children. You need to guard their hearts and their minds. You need to guard what it is that they're seeing, what it is that they're being exposed to. Because this is how the enemy works. He wants to sow seeds of destruction, and he wants to start it as young and as early as he can. Guard their gates. Shut the door from the world. Don't let them have a seat there. There's a passage in Luke. Luke chapter 8 says this. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, trampled on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much had been planted 
When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to, e- ears to hear should listen and understand. God's word is a seed. Sow that seed anywhere and everywhere you can. But let me tell you once again, if you are a parent, sow that seed, but you have to take care of the soil. If you're a parent in here, you have to guard that soil and you have to cultivate it and you have to work it and you have to take care of it and you have to nurture it. It's hard work to take care of soil. It is. Because when I, when I look there at the soils and what's going on, I see so many things in our world today. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, trampled on, and the birds ate it. The birds came and stole it. The demons. When he's talking about the birds there, he's talking about the demons. Satan and his legion, they come to steal the word of God. Some seed fell on a footpath where it was trampled on. There's kids in our world today, they're being trampled on. They're being stepped on. They're being forgotten. They, they're being removed from society. They're being told they're not important, that they don't matter. Because we're in a world where what we want matters first. We are a selfish society. And kids are being trampled on. And there's a hard path being formed. And so for us here in the church, part of our mission and part of our calling is to cultivate the soil to nurture the soil, to make sure this soil is healthy and ready to receive the seed of God's word so it can grow deep roots, so it can grow strong, so it can grow healthy, so it can grow the way it's meant to grow. And for some of us, you know what's been happening here. You've been experiencing this through this series or since the very beginning of the church. You've been getting healthier and growing deeper roots than you've ever grown in your life. And that's because God is preparing you to be a farmer. He's preparing you so you can prepare the soil for this next generation coming up. This church is growing uh, monthly right now, uh, organically. There are kids being born all the time in this church. It's a fun thing. It's a great thing. We celebrate that. And I'm telling you, there are parents in here, you've experienced life-changing transformation through the power and working of the Holy Spirit. And your roots are growing deeper than they've ever grown before. And it's because he's preparing you so you can raise up this next generation of soil to be ready, to be fertile, to be willing and excited to receive the seed of God's word so they can grow deeper roots, so they can take the ball further down the field than you did because you might have got trampled on as a kid. You might have got stomped on as a kid. You might have got treated like you didn't matter and nobody cared about you as a kid, but you know right now that God's word has transformed your life and it's changed you. And now because of that, you get to change and transform the lives of this next generation coming up. Nurture the soil. Colossians 2 Six through 10. Andrew, worship team, I'm going to invite you guys up as we get ready to close. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. 
Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. This is exactly what Ezekiel is talking about. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense. There's lots of people out there giving you their opinion, giving you their expert advice on what you should do. If it doesn't come from the Word, then it's worthless. If it doesn't come from the Word, it's worthless. That's it right there. Every expert, every person out there giving advice, every PhD, every doctor, every professor, I don't care who they are, if it doesn't come from the Word, it's worthless. It's empty. It's high-sounding nonsense. It comes from human thinking. And we've given those people a foot inside the temple of the living God. Remove them from the temple and be renewed and transformed through the power of God's living word. That's it. That was a nice little drum right there. That was good. Good emphasis there. We don't think like humans think. We're not going to give the spiritual powers of this world a foothold within the temple anymore. We listen to Christ. For in Christ, verse 9, lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you, each and every one of us in here, also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. They don't have headship over us. They don't have authority over us. Every power and principality they sit beneath the throne of Christ. And as his sons and daughters adopted into the family through the blood of Jesus, we have spiritual authority over them. So we tear down strongholds. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We walk in spiritual authority through this world through the clarity and transforming of his word. So now Hebrews 12, 14 through 15 says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That's what the enemy wants to do. He tries to sow these seeds of bitterness and anger in our lives to cause trouble, to defile us. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Sin, anger, bitterness is poison for the soul. It's an opening for the enemy. It's leaving the door to the temple wide open. Close the door today. Close the door today. Sow seeds of blessing. Sow seeds of God's word. Sow seeds of his truth into your life and into your kids' lives and into your family's lives. Begin to declare that truth over them today. Today during this last song, I, I would just challenge you. If there's a verse or, or something you believe God is speaking to you to speak over your kids, declare that over your kids during this last song. Lay your hands on them and pray over them during this last song. 
Declare God's truth every day over their lives. Sow the word of God into their lives. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for these kids in here today. Father, I, I just pray that you would give us the, the words, that you'd give us the scripture, that you would bring something to mind right now to just declare over these kids. Or maybe just to declare over ourselves. Maybe we're here by ourselves right now and, and we just need the truth of your word to bring transforma transformation and the renewing of our minds. God, I pray that in this moment that would take place. I pray that we would hear the Holy Spirit within us. That we would sit in this moment and listen and obey. And that we would walk in your truth and grace and healing that you offer us today. God, I pray that we would close the door to every enemy of this world. That we'd no longer give them a place within us, within your temple that we would tear down the walls that we've built up and that we would listen to your voice and worship you alone because you're king and you're worthy. In your name we pray, amen.